Hey everybody, what's up? It's your girl T, but you knew that of course. And thank you so much for tuning in to Daughter of the King. Can I just say that, you know, Daughter of the King is legitimately like the highlight of my week. I just, because God, he never fails to show up and show out in my life in some way, shape or form to give me something to talk about. Um, Sorry if my voice is a little shaky because this is going to be like, it's going to be a very, I don't want to say tough, but it's just, it's going to be a very deep episode for me because I'm going to be answering some questions that I've received and people have asked me to kind of elaborate on this video that I just put out on Facebook, basically telling about my testimony, Facebook and Instagram, about my testimony and going more deeper into, I told you guys what I struggled with for this past year. But I haven't really went into detail about what I've just struggled with altogether in my in my life. Um, and so I'm going to be kind of like hitting on that and touching on that for a bit. Um, I'm, before I start out, I'm just going to start off with a prayer. So, um, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. I always come to you. <clears throat> I always come to you just thankful. Because... God, you were with me at my lowest low. Where you showed me that you're just as present on the mountaintop as you are in the valley. And God, I thank you. Give me the strength, oh God, to get through this without breaking down every five minutes. Just thinking about your goodness. Give me the strength. To stand firm. And God, I ask that you use me today. And you use whoever it is that's listening to the sound of my voice, God. Because somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to know how faithful you are. Somebody needs to know that there is hope. That no matter how dirty, how low they go into the gutter, that you will always... Reach down and get them every single time. And uh, Lord, I thank you. I give you all the honor and all the glory. In your name that I pray. In Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. All right. Let's get started. So, kind of just piggybacking on what I just said. I released a video, I think about maybe a day or two ago. I think it was about two days ago. Basically kind of going into depth about what I've struggled with in the past. A lot of people wanted me to kind of elaborate on it. And I definitely will. I'm not ashamed about it. It's something that I went through. It's a part of my testimony. It's going to help other people. Um, so not only have I struggled with sexual sin, but I've struggled with like substance abuse and I want to say borderline alcoholism, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to say, no, I was not a cokehead. (laughs) No, I was not a crackhead. I didn't do meth. I didn't do any of that. Y'all like I basically, I, I popped pills. Um, it wasn't like perks or anything to make me halfway slow and income no it just it it gave me 
uppers you know like I've always struggled to be like this social butterfly um growing up like I said in my video I didn't really have a father um I had a mother but you know she was struggling with her own battles which I don't fault her with you know I love my mother to death but I was I was damaged and I now that I look back I see that I was a damaged girl and I I hated who I was. I, you know, it just, it was so hard for me. Like, even though I didn't have a really rough childhood or upbringing, it was just something that I was battling with in myself. Like, it wasn't anything that somebody did to me, per se, but it was just something that the enemy was just trying to make me feel inadequate and inferior and not pretty enough and you know, I couldn't articulate like other people could. And, you know, I was always, I felt like I couldn't focus on just one thing. Like my mind was all over the place, like always running. And um, my first question that I got was, when did I start to drink heavily and pop pills? Well, it started in high school. Um, I was a very troubled kid. Like, I had all of this aggression for no reason. I could not tell you why. I had the anger issues that I did. Um, I got in trouble a lot at school. You know, I got suspended all the time. I was fighting. Like, anybody who I went to high school with can tell you, like, I fought 24-7. I argued with people. I cussed people out 24-7, and I was angry. And I literally had absolutely nothing to be angry about. Like, I really don't know why I was the way that I was. Um, but I then when I, well, I, I felt like I was always having to prove myself. I, I I felt like I I did feel like I wasn't heard. Um, you know, I um I had ADHD, so girl, sis, whoever you listening, like my mind was constantly all over the place. I couldn't get things as fast as other people could, and it just really bothered me. Um, you know, I they put me on medicine as a kid, and I just I didn't like taking it because um it it made me a, it made me a zombie. I didn't like who I was. Like I was just this robot. Um I had no personality. I had nothing. And then when I didn't take it, I couldn't focus. Um I was all over the place. Um so when I started when I got older, um I started partying in high school. I didn't really like party a lot, but when I did party, my goodness, I would overdo it. Like, I just had, like, a very addictive personality. Like, I latched on to literally everything. If it wasn't people, like, it wasn't, like, lifetime television for women, psycho crazy type of latched on. But it was definitely, like, I would have unhealthy relationships with people. Um, I, I think I started popping pills around the age of 15. It wasn't bad at that time. I think... Um, I got them at first from my mother, not for, it wasn't to like make me addictive or anything like that. Heck no. But I think I, cause I was like having like really bad cramps one day and uh, she gave me like this medicine that she took for her cramps that the doctor had prescribed to her for her pain. And I was, I took it and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like I love the way this freaking makes me feel 
I love how I'm not a robot, but I'm not like my mind isn't racing. Like I could be a social butterfly. Like I would go to school taking those pills. Like I would lie. And this was just me lying to my mother saying that I was hurting and I was aching. And of course, you know, your mother's not going to want you walking around in pain. So she's going to help you. I asked from just enough to like not um, open like any red flags to like kind of like start blinking in her like her like what in the world like something is going on why she I asked for him a lot but not to for her to feel like it was an issue at that time at that moment um so I would go to school high <laughs> I would, nothing would really bother me. Like, I wasn't a really, I wasn't much of a weed smoker at that time because I had some bad experiences with weed up until that point. Like, I was, like, tripping, like, tripping, tripping. But so I really didn't stay, I I wasn't really a smoker at that time. I just was popping pills. And, you know, it was interesting. It was very interesting. So... Um, let's see. So after I had started uh, in high school, it went up until I was about 17, where I was like literally taking them like every other day. Um, I then I started to see like myself that, okay, I think I might have a little bit of a problem. So, you know, me seeking out help to my parents saying like, hey, I think I'm struggling with this. You know, black people, like they really they not about to throw their child in rehab. Like, I don't know. So I, I don't know what happened, but um, I had stopped using. Oh, because I had got into a really bad argument with my mom because she thought I was stealing pills from her. I'm like, look, I was pill popping, but I wasn't stealing. Like, I didn't steal no pills. But so that just made me stop using them. So then I turned to alcohol. I was drinking very heavily my senior year. Um... That's where I kind of, like, got into some... God got into some stuff my senior year. Like, the devil really did plant some seeds in me that really did carry into, like, my adult life, which is kind of, like, what follows up what I went through this past year. But my senior year, I was uh, partying with my, um, my, 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 my little friends at school. And, you know, I went to a party one time, and I remember getting so intoxicated that I had ended up um, being in the alone in the room with this girl, um, and we had always flirted, but it was just like innocent. But this time it was like it was so different, and we had ended up flirting, and one thing led to another, and boom, bam, thank you, ma'am. I'm not gonna go into details, reading between the lines, but it definitely did plant a seed in me, and. Um, with the drinking and the alcohol, it just kind of like slid into everything. Like it made it so easy, quote unquote, to do what I would claim that I would never, ever do. So uh, fast forward, I want to say like when I was about 22, that's when like I, um, at that time, like I just didn't really like my life. I um, was I felt like I was always having a struggle for everything that I had. I was like homeless in shelters, didn't have an apartment, barely had, I didn't have a car just yet. My sister had died. Like I was just reeling and I felt like I had nothing and nobody. 
Like, I just really couldn't grieve my sister. I really couldn't um, break down like I wanted to. So, um, you know, I started drinking pretty heavily again. And, like, drinking, I was drinking heavily. Like, you know, I was always drunk. Oh, my gosh, I was the biggest drunk at that time. And um, I think what happened was I had gotten a part in that play that I um, talked about in my my video and I had gotten it's like everything had lined up for me like okay I got a part in the musical I got a part in the um I got an apartment I got a I had a car I had I just got a very good job that I'm currently still at today praise the lord hallelujah um but I felt that I could finally relax and just like kind of take a take the edge off and that and when I got into that play it was so hard for me to open up to people I think I was in that play for like a month before I even went anywhere had any really conversations with people at all because it was so hard for me to open up it was just I hated who I was I hated how I carried myself I hated how I looked I hated how I was just so awkward I hated how anxious I was 24 7 I I was just very much depressed and I started popping pills again um, because I remember loving who I was, how effortlessly it was for me to open up to people and be sweet and funny and charismatic. Like it made it so easy um, to do that. And I ended up kind of, I, I would like pop a pill, smoke a little bit of a blunt in the car. That's when I started smoking, um, actually, when I was in that play. But like I, I would pop a pill, smoke a little bit of a blunt in my car outside, and then I would go in, and everybody would love me. Everybody would be laughing at what I'm saying, and they're like, "Oh, T, you so funny, you this, you that." Meanwhile, I am tripping balls. Oh, Lord, forgive me. That excuse me, excuse my language, y'all. <laughs> but I was tripping. I was tripping. Like I was high. I was higher than Lucy in the sky with diamonds, and um. Nobody knew. Everybody just thought that was me, but it wasn't me because I was clearly under the influence. And uh, then, you know, again, I started drinking very heavily at that time. I started um, going out every day. Like I would go to work, um, leave work, go get drinks, almost ruin my life by drink, over overdoing it. And um, then I would... Uh, go to work hungover barely making it like my job got affected and the the thing about it is like I've always had an addictive personality because both of my parents were addicts and um so it I obviously carried over into my genetics um so I just really really loved I, I took to things like I was like, bro, I freaking love this. And like, I really didn't want to say anything. But at that time, you know, there was other people around me that was using. It was like, it really blew my mind. How, how There is a lot of functioning crackheads in this world. I will tell you that I'm not going to say any names. But there are some functioning crackheads in this world. Like, 
I did not know how many crackheads be functioning on a day-to-day basis. Like, a lot of people, these people are not strung out, like, saying spirit change, ma'am. You know, uh, put their little tin can on the side of the road. A lot of them have corporate jobs and, you know, uh, good-paying jobs with a 401k. And then they blowing half they spend their, they, they pay their bills. But, they, you know, they be using recreational drugs. But, um... I just like I thank God because like I I know for a fact y'all that it was getting so bad. It was getting so bad to where eventually I probably would have gave in. Eventually I probably would have ended up, you know, doing a line or uh doing smoking something that was other than weed, like um a primo or something like that. If y'all don't know what a primo is, please look it up cuz this is not drugs 101. Um, but I just, I, I get, I get kind of tore up, like thank, thanking God. Cause I'm like, God will really keep you. He will really sustain you. The Bible says now unto him who is able to keep me from falling. Even when you don't want to be kept from falling, God will keep you. He is such a keeper. You know, it go, um, I was reading, I was reading out of Romans. I think it was, uh, Romans seven and eight where you know there are so many things you might be asking like lord take this from me like why can't i why can't i just do this why can't you just take this from me and you know um it just says you know you you want to do good there's a scripture in romans 7 and 18 where paul was talking about some for i know that good itself does not dwell in me that is in my sinful nature for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Y'all, I hope, I want y'all to know that while I was like in that life, I wanted to get out so bad. I wanted to just like, oh, I wish I could leave Susan alone. Oh, I wish I could leave the drugs alone. Oh, I wish I could just stop drinking so much. But I became a slave for sin and I could not do it because your sinful nature does not know how to do good. For it is only God that dwells in you that does, um, that can rise above it, that can do good. And at the time, I didn't have God in me for real, for real. Like I had an upbringing um, you know, train a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. That is the truth. Because um, I I knew how to get back to God, but I didn't know how to get back to God, if that makes sense. Like, I knew what he was about, but I, he wasn't the God of me. He was the God of my grandmother, my grandfather, my spiritual parents. Like, he was their God, but I didn't have an intimate relationship with him. So I kept being I was being held hostage by sin but I thank God I will honestly say I thank God for getting COVID I honestly thank God for getting COVID because God literally held me hostage in that house and he's like I'm about to tell you some things I'm about to show you who's ruining your life I'm about to show you what is about to ruin your life and then I'm going to allow you to make the decision there was no big aha moment for me there was no um, God coming, like visiting Moses on Mount Sinai, coming down uh, from the clouds saying, um, this is what I need you to do, my son, my daughter. Like he told me what he told me and then he left the ball in my court and I chose to answer that call. You know, I was watching a show 
a movie yesterday was risen about this man who was a part of the Roman Calvary and he was a part of the uh, Calvary that was trying to locate Jesus's body after the third day. And of course Jesus resurrected, but you know, he didn't know that he didn't know anything about Jesus Christ. But when he ended up finding Jesus, he walked with the disciples for 40 days and 40 nights, um, listening to the teaching of Jesus Christ. And do you know, at the end, he still did not try. He still did not follow Jesus. He still did not pick up the cross that Jesus Christ requires us to pick up. Um, he still was just like, I can't do it. And there's like a lot of people who were saying, I wish God would just sit on my bed at me with me in the middle of the night and just tell me what he needs to do. But don't you know that a lot of y'all still would not do what God asked you to do if he told you? Like, it all comes down to your willfulness, your obedience, wanting so bad the things of God that you will literally give up everything for, that you will become public enemy number one to the people who loved you at one point. And now they can't stand the sight of you. Why? Because you're revealing the, the sin. Why? Because you're exposing the enemy. Why? Because you're shaking it up, require, uh, making them uncomfortable. Like they're not comfortable in their sin anymore. God is going to require you to do that. And a lot of you guys are walking in the spirit of cowardness. You know what God requires of you. You know what God is asking for you. However, you decide, but I'm not ready. Or, but I, this makes me feel so good. So it has to be from God. Are you kidding me? Can I tell y'all something? Susan made me feel so good. Like she made me, and that's not even talking sexually, like even though that too, but like Susan, like had made me feel so good just because I had never, I had never up at that point had even had a man relate to me as much as she did. I never had anybody, you know, know me as well as she did. And that's the thing about the enemy, brothers and sisters, is that he will come in so smooth, so beautiful, so enticing. And then next thing you know, you are living in a living hell. I was telling my friend like that at first, what I, when I first got into that whole little lifestyle, I loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the life. Like, this is what's up. Like, I've been missing out on this. And then once I, and then later on down the road, I was like, I can't cry any more tears over this woman. I can't cry no more over all of this. I'm lying to everybody. I can't look at myself in the mirror. I can't go to God. I, I felt at that time I couldn't go to God because I was just so reeked with sin and just I couldn't open up to anybody, but that was the deceitfulness of the enemy. He'll pull you so far away from God and then it'll make you feel like, well, I can't get back to God even if I wanted to because, you know, my sin. How is he going to want? Let, that is what Jesus Christ was for. You have an advocate with the father. You have somebody, you have your high priest in heaven atoning for your sins. You have that lawyer arguing about you on your behalf to to God himself. You have a way back, but do you want to take it? God, that's what God said to me. I am throwing you a Hail Mary pass. I am giving you, I am extending an olive branch. I am telling what you need to do. And I felt like I was running on borrowed time at that point because I felt like the enemy was about to chew me up and spit me out. And God was saying, I, this is me coming to you. This is me showing you that I love you. And because if, if you don't turn over a new leaf, if you don't come out of this, 
I'm going to give you over to your enemies. And that's what God is doing. He's going to be so patient with you because he does not want you to perish. He does not want you to be embarrassed. He does not want you to be a laughing stock. He does not want you to be exiled. He wants you to come to him and cling to him and rely on him to, for everything. But if he sees that you're not getting it, if he sees that you're not turning over a new leaf, if he sees that it's not registering, okay, I guess experience is going to have to be the teacher. I guess you're going to have to go through it because I've, I've visited you. I've came to you in dreams. I've came to you through the prophet. I came to you through the preacher. I came to you through TBN and you still don't get what I'm saying. So now I got to show you better than I can tell you, but it's all for your greater good. God does not want anybody to perish. He does not want you to perish because he loves you. You are the reflection of him. You are his beloved. You are his beloved. So why would he want you to perish? He doesn't. He's going to try to save you in any way, shape, or form, but he is not going to make you love him. He is not going to make you do right. Why? Because it's not love if it's forced. You got to come to him willingly with a yes in your mouth and say, God, I've messed up. God, I don't know what to do. God, I am at my wit's end. God, I am about to be turned over to my enemies. I need your help and mean it because God will know if you meant it or not. Mean it. At all costs, I came to a point where I was like, God, I don't care if I lose everybody that I loved. I don't care if people never want to work with me in theater again because I know I'm not supposed to be doing theater in the first place. I don't care if I am blacklisted on every theater um, everywhere. I am going to serve you for God. I live and for God, I die. And yes, I don't want I don't want to come here um, um, portraying, projecting some um, some, some, some feeling of self-righteousness. Y'all, I struggle every single day of my life. I still sometimes wonder, God, are you still there? I still sometimes say, am I on the right track? But God always gives me something. God always gives me revelation, whether it's a vision or a dream or a message that's saying you still got it in you. Keep going. Don't give up. Stay in it. I don't care how you feel and stay in it. And if you sin, come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Don't wallow in your sin. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Don't try to make excuses for why you did it. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Blot out my iniquities and my transgressions. And do better. You need to identify your triggers. If you keep walking through this blindly and keep on stumbling at the landmine at the landmine, you are going to keep falling. You are going to fall. You need to, if God tells you don't go down there no more, don't go. If God tells you don't get on the phone with him, uh, end the call. If God tells you, uh, cut off your TV. I need you to fast. Get off that phone. I need you to pray. Do it because he sees an attack that's brewing. He sees what the enemy is rising up against you to do. And he's trying to equip you for the battle. He sees it. He sees it coming. You are never blindsided when it comes when you are in Christ Jesus. 
I don't care what you say. Any spiritual attack. You are never blindsided. Come to Jesus and stay there. And sit still and know that God is God. But y'all, this was a long one. Ooh, this was a long one. So I'm going to end it right here. But I love y'all and I hope this helped y'all. I hope this testimony really reflected in y'all something just beautiful. Because God loves you. And he is not this get you, gotcha God. But he loves you. It says in the Bible, with love and kindness have I drawn thee. My spiritual mother says that all the time. God is, uh, he, he draws you with love and kindness because he wants you to repent. He wants you to do better. He wants you to be better. But he's not hes not a doormat. <laughs> God is not about to let you walk all over him. But I love y'all and so does Jesus. Y'all have a good night. See you next week.